Welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. It's the 15th of March, 2021. Today we have a lot to talk about and I thought uh, we would start uh, a bit with um, uh, a bit of understanding and what understanding. Well, I've kind of uh, played this song a lot and someone got it and I thought that we could start the day by... Um, revisiting the little nuances uh, to this music, to this video, so that way we can understand what it was um, kind of saying. And I think it's kind of important that we do, especially today, because uh, we do live in the land of confusion. To dream a thousand dreams Been haunted by a million screams But I can hear the marching feet Moving into the street Now did you read the news today? You say the danger's gone away But I can see the fire still alive Burn him into the night There's too many men Too many people Making too many problems And not much love to go around Can't you see this is the land of confusion But this is the world we live in And these are the hands we give on Use them and let's start trying To make it a place worth living in Superman, where are you now? When everything's gone wrong somehow The men of steel, the men of power I'm losing control by the hour This is the time This is the place Where we look for the future And not much love to go around Can't you see this is the land of confusion But this is the world we live in And these are the hands we give on Use them and let's start trying To make it a place worth fighting for
be coming home tonight My generation will put it right We're not just making promises That we know we'll never keep This is the time This is the place where we look for the future But there's not much love going around Can't you see this is the land of confusion? But this is the world we live in And these are the hands we give out Use them and let's start trying To make it a place worth living in This is the world we live in And these are the names we give out Stand up and let's start showing Just where our lives are going to Pretty um, interesting, as you can see, if we actually paid attention uh, to the video. And obviously, because there are issues with copyright, right? So I can't, um, I'm unable uh, to play these uh, easily. I've found covers hoping that people would try to find the original or take a look at it. And someone actually mentioned it uh, in the chat. So it was uh, pretty uh, I was I was pretty excited to see that it's it's very exciting when people um, start to realize what is uh, being said. Now, having said that, I thought that I would share a movie clip that um, I think all of you will um, find very close to home right now. And I played it a little bit in the background for you guys to watch as I was struggling with whatever that was that's causing me this disruption. Um, please take a listen. I mean, I know that we're going to be commenting on this. So uh, since it's a two minute clip, uh, hopefully there won't be any issue. Take a listen to this. Keep away from me, Smith. I'm an agent of Goldstein. I didn't know it myself. Thought crime is It just creeps up on you. My daughter found it out. Very proud of her. Very grateful I've been discovered before it's too late. <laughs> they won't shoot me, will they, Smith? I know I could be very useful in a labor camp. One oh one. No, 
Please. You don't have to take that. Why? There's nothing I won't confess. Nothing. I've told you everything already. What is it you want me to know? Take him instead of me. He's the thought criminal. It's him you want. So how many of you are encountering the Karens, the, the people that are helping the thought police get things done? That's, that's, that's what you need to think about. Now, why am I talking about the thought police? Well, thought police are controlling almost everything through the media and through puppets. Puppets, puppets, puppets. Both on the left and on the right. Your neighbors, your friends, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is so bad, Tori. How do we fix this? Trusting your gut. We've been talking about this for months. You have to trust that inner voice to understand uh, what's right, what's wrong, what isn't, what is. Because, uh, you know, there's a there are a lot of things going out out there. Lots of faux news. And lots of news that's not adding up. Lots of news where you're just like, what is going on here? I mean, uh, how do we fix this? How do we, we're not going to fix anything, right? We're just not going to let it occur. Now, I'm going to show you a video from Tomo News from 2018. Now, this video may indeed cause you for some serious alarm bells to go off because you're going to realize how it's been here for a while. Now, I'm showing you this because in the next one, one two, let's see, I guess week and a half starting today, you're going to hear a lot of fear porn. You're going to be freaking out. And then you're also going to hear about different strategies that aren't wars you can win, battles you can win. A very good strategist will always look at things that they can win. It's like, you know, let's get this battle under our belt. Let's get this one because the more battles you win, the more probable it is that you win uh, that you win the war, right? That's the way it is. You go for where it is. You're not going to go to a mountain war with a ship. You're not going to start relearning things or attempting through straw man strategies to do things. You will do the things you can slowly but surely taking hold of community, county, city, and state. And it must be done. I am really hoping that our Lone Star Patriots in Galveston, Texas, take this home with what occurred. Because that is the only way you keep that pendulum swinging with that momentum. It's kind of like when you're on a swing. If you stop moving your legs, you're not going to be swinging anymore. You're going to be dead still in the middle. Not forward, not back. So I want you guys to watch this. Again, this is from 2018, and those of you that are listening on broadcast obviously can hear it. Talk about a brain drain. The People's Republic of China is sponsoring research into technology that scans workers' brains for the emotional state. According to the South China Morning Post, Chinese factory, military, and train workers are all wearing helmets that can track their emotions. Train drivers wearing the tech get a zap if they doze off, as could pilots if the technology ever comes to planes. And, of course, it's all being watched by an AI. According to the MIT Technology Review, the system probably doesn't work despite claims it boosted a factory's profits by over 300 million U.S. dollars. 
The South China Morning Post reports researchers are also developing a new version with cameras and body-wide sensors for use in hospitals. This would be able to monitor facial expressions, body temperature, and movements. And all that, Tomo Sapiens, sounds like the beginnings of the Thought Police, with a live feed to your brain. Here's more on China. Privacy Violations for All an international human rights organization has found that China is gathering DNA from a region in the far west that's home to a much oppressed ethnic minority. The Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region is home to about 10 million Uyghurs, a Muslim Turkic group with a long history of discord with the mainland. As such, it's one of the most tightly controlled parts of China. According to Human Rights Watch, authorities in Xinjiang are now collecting DNA samples and biometric data from all residents aged 12 to 65. Police officers collect photos, fingerprints, household registration data, and iris scans during home visits or at designated collection points. Blood types and DNA are gathered through a government health exam called Physicals for All. Data is transmitted to a database and linked to the individual's national ID number. People originally from Xinjiang who have moved to other parts of China are also required to submit their information locally. Over 18 million people have participated in the physical as of November 2017. Though physicals for all is supposedly voluntary, residents are expected and often pressured to take part. Human Rights Watch has slammed Victoria data banking as a gross violation of human rights, adding that carrying it out under the guise of a free healthcare program makes it even more disturbing. China takes the fun out of steam. Reports coming out of China this week say that the Chinese Communist Party has blocked STEAM community access. Oh, and that's totally, absolutely nothing to do with Jack Ma's Tencent launching its very own STEAM-like store, WeGame, in September. According to reports, the STEAM store is still accessible, but the writing may very well be on the wall for the Valve-run gaming website in China. And if that's the case, the Valve will be feeling the pinch. Reportedly, millions of their customers come from the PRC. PUBG was banned in the country but was allowed back in only after Tencent agreed to help make the Chinese version socialist-friendly. And yo, that's what Skyrim mods on Steam really need. Some socialism with Chinese characteristics. So, it's see you later for Dragonborn. Hello, Chairman Mao. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds to get a dose of socialism with Chinese characteristics. Hit PC game player Unknown's Battlegrounds, aka PUBG, is going to be released in China after all. Its South Korean publisher has partnered with China's Tencent to make a socialist-friendly Chinese version of the game. For those with a life, PUBG is inspired by the classic Japanese movie Battle Royale. The online game sees 100 players parachute onto an island and eliminate each other Hunger Games style. Reportedly, the Chinese version will promote pro-socialist messaging. But how do you do that in a game that's all about the individual eliminating the competition to win, aka free market capitalism? You add in some socialism with Chinese characteristics, aka Marxism-Leninism, aka the Chinese Communist Party, aka one-party dictatorship. So in place of 100 China-based gamers butchering each other, we will see instead them working together to build a socialist utopia? Who knows, but if we do, this guy is probably watching and maybe even playing with Glee. 
China planning on going full Big Brother in 2020. China is nothing if not innovative when it comes to finding ways to exert control over their people, and it looks like they're rolling out an entirely new way to spy on the public. Beijing plans to launch its social credit system nationwide by 2020 to rate the trustworthiness of 1.3 billion people by assigning each individual a score. The system will take things into account such as credit history, contract obligation fulfillment, personal characteristics, behavior and preferences, and interpersonal relationships to calculate a score. Once the system becomes mandatory, people with low scores could be punished with slower internet speeds, be denied access to certain restaurants, nightclubs, or golf courses, and restricted from traveling. Scores will also affect an individual's rental applications, ability to secure insurance or a loan, as well as social security benefits. Only one question remains, why aren't you in China right now? Zaijian People's Republic, China is curbing the transportation rights of state-deemed social miscreants. Effective May 1st, the People's Republic of China will ban citizens with low social credit scores from using flight and rail transport for one year. Those prohibited include people who caused trouble on flights, as well as individuals who used out-of-date tickets or those who were caught smoking on trains. Also affected are people who didn't pay fines and businesses who did not pay their employees social insurance. According to Reuters, China's yet-to-be-finalized social credit system operates on the doctrine of once untrustworthy, always restricted. And who says whether you're untrustworthy? The Communist Party of China, that's who. Zaijian Privacy China's found another way to get even more user data. At the end of February, Apple will move China-based iCloud users' data and keys from its servers in the U.S. to China. The company says this is to comply with Chinese law. If a user's Apple device is connected to an iCloud account, it typically backs up photos, emails, messages, contacts, and other information. From the end of February, Chinese authorities will be able to issue Apple with a warrant to access this data. This only applies to users who set their home as China. Users in Hong Kong and Macau are not affected. The data will be stored on state-controlled firm Guizhou Cloud Big Data Servers. Many are concerned how this will impact China-based users' privacy. But hey, it's just China. What could go wrong? So how was that? That was from 2018. Sounds pretty scary. It's already here. Tencent, Tencent. Remember General Jones. Remember Shadowgate 1. Remember that they own Call of Duty. Remember where your generals went to. And you know, while everyone's like the military is going to save you, remember, it's not the ones that are the, with the brass. Remember the titles and tiaras. Um, that's the way it has to be. You know, uh, that's the only way you can get it done is by being the one who demands. This is all you can do. Uh, being the one who demands, guiding those leaders that you supposedly have in office to assist. No one's going to come and help you when, you know, I, I see so many militaries, it is the only way. But which military? That's the question you have to ask yourself. What? Yeah, that's it. Because there's a struggle within the branches, a struggle within leadership, of course. And what people need to understand, it's that it's your generals that did this. All generals did this. Because when they retire, and admirals, right? When they retire, they get into the private sector.
and they already know how money is made. I had mentioned that um, uh, Jones Group had obtained Ancestry.com DNA uh, information. The control of virus uh, tests were all to collect. Now, I've also mentioned, I think it was over a year ago, I want to say it was 2019, but I did mention that there's a patent of something inside you where they can tell if you're working. The patent can see if you're actually working. It can detect the difference between animals and humans. And this is not a microchip. It is using nanotech uh, within your own DNA. So you have to go and see it at the moment it happened. Those of you that have ever gotten flu vaccinations, those of you that have been, you know, kind of just throwing yourself, uh, you know, to, you know, to get things done. Those of you that were excited about free healthcare, <laughs> the Uyghurs, you're hearing all these stories. Ah, oh, they're torturing them. Now they care. Why do they care? Because the Chinese have been collecting all this information and have obviously found things. They're experimenting on these people because they don't count as human beings to them. They don't count as living, breathing beings. And so now everyone's upset that they have all this data that no one is giving them and they don't like it. So I've showed you this. I've talked about the Affordable Care Act and its atrociousness, but people are like, with the Affordable Care Act, I was able to. Well, where are you able to do anything right now? You know, health insurance cost is insane. And you're paying, what, $1,000 a month to then, what, pay a $10,000 deductible? Again, if I have to pay $10,000 out of my pocket, you better believe I'm going straight on government assistance because there's no way I can pay $10,000 deductible. So, again, here I am dependent on the state because they're forcing me to have an insurance that they control the cost of. For what? I go to the doctor and he sees me and he wants $500. Why? The machinery doesn't even cost $500 that you're going to use. The five minutes that you're going to see me because you have 20 million patients isn't worth $500. But the insurance says it is. So that's what's up. See, that's the problem. People don't see the little things they are doing. But there have been many, many Many entities that have been watching, many that have been waiting to see this, many that have been waiting for the people to see it themselves because telling you isn't enough. Now, how could it be bad? Look, uh, you know, my friend, she couldn't get health insurance for a kid because it was sick. And why do we need health insurance? Why can't we just pay for stuff? I guarantee you, you're in a neighborhood and right down the street, there's a little girl that gets cancer, right? And they're a little child. Your neighbor's right there. This is a problem, right? This is a problem. How do you know? You don't, unless you're talking with the people in your community. One city, one little town, one little neighborhood with like three blocks of people, if you knew each other, if you knew your neighbor, right, and you knew there was a little child, everyone would be chipping in to help the child. What are the bills for the doctors that are going to be low if they're transparent and they're competitive? Everybody bonds. We all want to help each other. We, we all want to work together. 
but instead they've kept us separate and they've made it so that we are dependent on the government. Even Biden said, an administration that you can rely on and no, no, God is the only, only one anyone can actually rely on blindly without seeing them, without hearing from them, because that's the way it is. What they have been doing over decades is separating us, causing us to fear each other, causing us to want to be isolated. That is how they're pushing it. The layers, the layers. I mean, sometimes when I'm standing there watching how they are formulating the next generation, it's so alarming. You have a level of the tech area, the level of uh, the psych area, you have the level of um, the health area, you have the level of the artistic area, you have the level of speech area, the, the, the production. They're, they're creating slaves that will be obedient. And there are so many people that are so far gone out there. On my Facebook, I posted something along the lines of just how dumb everyone is and how they don't read the back of the damn mask package, right? I, I posted it. And I had someone who is, you know, one of those churchgoers, you know what I mean? And was like, oh, it was debunked because we're not understanding what they mean by it. Um, if I can blow smoke through my mask, you better believe a virus can go through there. Okay. If I can take a cigarette in and blow smoke, it can get through there because a smoke particle, not the smoke itself, a smoke particle is like hundreds, if not thousands times larger than a virus. So these people are willfully dumb, willfully dumb. They want to be pacified. You know, they're giving them stupid excuses and they're believing this because they're willfully dumb. This is how slaves are. Oh, it's not supposed to be a bad thing. It's for our own good, but I can blow smoke through my mask and one smoke particle, not the actual smoke because you can visibly see it coming out. <laughs> is so much larger than a virus. This is how dumb they are. And these are people that are supposedly educated. Dumb. Idiots. And 95 masks. Mm, they kind of help, but you actually have to get fitted for one. I remember every year we'd get fitted for one, um, you know, in hospitals that you have to get fitted for one. It has to be exact. And then they tell you the dangers of wearing it for too long. And here we are with people wearing masks all the time. They're like, you shouldn't wear it in the surgery for more than 45 minutes because then you get lightheaded. So you need to rotate. And it's like, all right. So that was happening. Hmm. Interesting. And so people can faint. They can do all these things and no big deal. It's pretty interesting, pretty, pretty interesting. But, you know, they're all, they've all been dumbed down. Like society has become stupid. And the more you point out how stupid they are, the more aggressive they get and the more they dig their heels in. 
and you're just like, why are you digging it in? You're trying to say that logic is no longer logic. It makes zero sense. I want you to listen to this clip from CNN. This is from 2014, okay? Van Jones and Newt Greenwich spar over freedom of expression with former NFL player Jamal Anderson and Bishop Harry Jackson Jr. You know what the title's called? Thought, po- thought Police Run Amok? What? They knew about the Thought Police too, and no one said anything? And this is from what? 2014? Mm, interesting. Oops. Let me let me fix that. Give me a second. Give me a second. Let me fix this because guys, you have no idea what I had to do in order to be able to play this. I am telling you like there is some serious crazy stuff going on. Here we go. Ward, the retired uh, Super Bowl champion. He's now getting death threats. Uh, because of the following tweet, he, he wrote, he tweeted, I'm sorry, but that Michael Sam is no bueno for doing that on national TV. I'm fine with it being a new day and age, but for him to do that on national TV is disgusting, gay or not. Man, you got little kids looking at the draft. I can't believe ESPN even allowed that to happen. Now, doesn't it worry you that he apparently is getting death threats There's for no a tweet? Question. There's no question that it worries me that he's getting death threats. But when, when you tweet out about inclusiveness and acceptance and understanding, part of that is uh, a new clip on ESPN where a gay athlete for the first time ever is being drafted into the NFL. That celebration is part of it. Nobody would have said anything if Michael Sam would have turned and kissed a, uh, a beautiful young lady. It would have been something we've seen all the time. He's a gay American. This is, in fact, how he chose to celebrate. Yes, it surprised a lot of people, and it was the first time a lot of people may have seen that, but this is about inclusiveness. This is but, about... But, this is but, about. But let me go specifically, because I, I think you guys, you guys talk about how you want to be inclusive, except, of course, if somebody tweets this, then having a de- death threat, or let's send them off to sensitivity training. I mean, it strikes me that's, that's repression. That's not inclusive. Is it repression to try to teach them to be understanding and open to other people? Maybe, especially when you talk about people they've not been exposed should to. Should you also be teaching people who are gay to be open and understanding of people and, and who are uh, gay? Well, well, I, I think that people who are gay and people who are lesbian have to spend their entire lives learning how to get around the minefield. They, this whole term, out of the closet, is a, is a reflection of the fact that they have to, to deal with those kind of minefields. You know, my, my question to you is simply this. You know, uh, do you, is it your view that a corporation does not have the right to pick and choose who it wants to associate itself with? And, you know, and I, they, and do. I, they, they do. Yes. And, and part, part of the thing is, you know, when we talk. Did you hear that? Do you not believe that a corporation has the choice to pick who they want to associate with? That's key. Talk about the kinds of of speech that I think everybody find, finds offensive. I want to, want to show this. Uh, uh, the, these kinds of signs, uh, like, like this, this is free speech, but I don't think any corporation in the world want to be associated with it. Uh, do, exactly. do, do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with you. But what's concerning to me is this slippery slope of who gets to decide who gets punished. But no, but, but hold on a second. No and I've gov- had death threats, but, by the way. Well, and, and, so, and so have I. But no government agency. Can you tell me the government agency that's forcing the NBA or the NFL to do this? this isn't this about businesses understanding where the market is? It is. But in a strange way, this guy's going to make a bazillion dollars and he's going to get rewarded at the end of the day for his bigotry. So are we giving him or the society 
the sleeves out of our vest and yeah, we're this, making all this. No, look, I, I think this whole thing is a fiasco because you have a clever young guy who has manipulated the system brilliantly and he has now cut a visa well, I, ad. I don't just, think, just watch the visa commercial. Here's the thing, I, which I understand you, but I don't think you could say he's manipulated the situation. Understand the immense watch. amount of bravery it takes to come forth what? and to come out as a player watch where he came commercial. out and also put but yourself just, in a draft. Watch the, the commercial. Oh, no, I asked you, watch the another, another, another key for Michael perfect. Sam, Johnny Menzel was the 22nd yeah. pick, big time in the draft. Obviously, everybody yeah. was talking okay. about it. Right but, now, currently, of new players, the number two jersey sell seller is right. Michael Sam. Yeah. How was that? That was pretty interesting, wasn't it? So they were upset that someone tweeted out that he didn't like seeing men kissing. Yes, and that's that's okay. That is totally okay. Um, anybody can say whatever they want, right? He didn't like that. Fair enough. He didn't like that. He just thought it was something that, you know, shouldn't have been, you know, talked about, shouldn't have been shown on TV with little kids. But speaking of little kids, now I didn't watch it. I didn't even know the Grammys were on. That's how disgusting it is, right? But I was watching clips and it's like, they're all just, you know, together, <laughs> patting each other on their back. And I noticed one, one theme is that all these stars that um, were out there, first of all, we had, you know, uh, WAP, right? Talking about wet vaginas, right? Was on a big bed. It was crass. It was disgusting. They were bleeping out things because it's on TV. But kids are watching someone play Humpty Dump, right? Right on TV. But one common thing is that I see that all of the women there, even Billie Eilish, who's horrific, they're all wearing claws. Have you noticed how they have all claws? Like, when did nails become claws? Like, I'm all for pretty nails, and I love getting my nails done, but, you know, they're all claws. It is so freaky to see. They're thick. Their claws, I mean, remember, Cardi B punctured her anus, wiping her butt. <laughs> Yet she's woman of the year. <laughs> and they're all pushing sexual deviance. They have claws. Claws, like Billie Eilish had these long claws, and they were thick, and you could see. They just look like claws. It was the creepiest thing. For me, all I could see were these nails that were like claws. They look like claws. They didn't even look like nails. They don't even look pretty because they can't function. Like, how is that even pretty when you can't function? If you can't, you know, button your shirt, unbutton your shirt, or wipe your butt without causing damage, I think you have a problem. And so, you know, this is, it was horrible just watching it, just the claws. They were claws. Those are not nails. Those are claws. And I, like I said, I love getting my nails done. I mean, I, I know I'm pretty lame, right? I'll either do like the white tip or like a little red nail and I keep them kind of short, right? But seriously though, those are claws. Those are not nails. I mean, how do they even tweet or Insta or type or unbutton their pants if they have to pee real bad or just put on their bra? Like, you know, sometimes with a quarter inch of a nail, I'm like, yo, I got to get these cut, you know, <laughs> because you can't even put on your bra as a woman. I'm just saying, right? You girls know what I'm talking about. And it's like, what is going on? Like, why are they so brazen? Well, you know, Yesterday, I took a lot of time praying and um, 
reading. And, you know, people have to understand that when they realize and they awaken, I mean, if you guys ever read Book of Daniel, um, you will be able to see the atrocities and the illusions that evil has put forward. The more you see it, the more you watch, the more you sit back. I mean, I'm so glad Pepe Le Pew and, you know, Dr. Seuss were banned, but here we had a massive bed with women humping each other and slapping their privates, and they got awarded for it. They got some really awesome, you know, awards for it. I don't know who gave them the awards. Definitely not the people. I mean, I want them to go after Johnny Bravo. I want them to go after SpongeBob for, you know, I don't know, having sex with Patrick, you know, where they were doing that. Uh, you know, I want them to do that. I want them to do it. Because they need to show the insanity. I mean, right now we have bills that are being passed that people are really freaking out about, right? Everyone's freaking out about these bills that are that are going to be passed. You know, they got, told you they were coming for your guns. And I wasn't kidding when I said it. They're coming for anything they can get. Because as long as you're lulled to sleep, they will do it. They will come for anything they can get. Because you're sleepwalking. That's it. You're totally sleepwalking. And you have all these factions of the right that want to be first. I'm going to fix this. We're going to fight. We're going to go march. We're going to go do this. And it's like if you march, they're going to bring Antifa again. Right? So how are you going to march when you know that they're going to infiltrate it? We're going to do this get together. Come and see us because we're important. You need to listen to us talk. How's that gonna, how is that going to help you? How is it going to help you by going to an event to see people? Remember, those people that are doing these events are nobody if you don't give them the somebody status. You know, that is the thing. Why are they creating all of these distractions when we should be working on our local level communities to take it back? We need to do it from the bottom up. It's not the top to the bottom. And then you have the social media handlers of the U.S. Army <laughs> posting things that are driving people insane, insane, totally insane. And, you know, you don't even know what, what to do first. You really don't know. Well, what do I tackle first? How do I fix it? Well, you know, the, the spending bill was signed in, Biden signed it in and everyone's like, this is the end. Oh yeah, it's not. April 30th, if we can get this done by April 30th, if we can file the right things by April 30th, which by the way, there is a person on Telegram, I'm not going to name their name, that reached out to me to help me with the YouTube thing. God bless them. I'm going to be contacting them today. Um, I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, people are bonding on the basis of they want to maintain their nation and that you know, they want to get things done. We have so many fires to put out. And, you know, the only way to put out a fire that someone else lit is to throw some gas on it and let them put it out. See, if you spark, if you put kerosene on a fire, the person that started it will want to put it out because it's going to engulf them. They start fires they can control. But the minute you set it on fire real hard, they, there's no way out. 
they want to stop it. I just want you to remember that statement. When they set a fire, right, and you amplify it, they're going to want to stop it. So by April 30th, if we're able, those are the 100 days in office, if we're able to successfully file for annulment uh, of this administration, and it's getting excessively hard, I mean, today, debts are being called. And when you see what the Biden administration is going to be doing this week, you're going to see how they're mitigating it. They're losing their mind. They're losing their mind. Um, but if we can get it done, it'll be easy. If not, it'll be the reddest damn October you've ever seen. Uh, it is going to be really bad. And I am so upset at all these people that claim to be on the side of the people, that claim to be on the side of freedom and America, creating dilution of momentum. Dilution of momentum. They are diluting our momentum. Come to my event. We're totally going to sit there and talk, and you're going to hear me talk because I'm special. How, how are you helping the people? How are you helping the people? Okay, you have a voice. Now let's see you do something. Why don't you do something in your community? Forget the rest of the nation because you're not really useful right now. What are you doing in your community? Or how are you empowering the others to take back their community? This is what real Americans would be doing. This is what some news anchors on Newsmax are trying to light fires under people's butts discreetly for doing. I want you to listen to this Biden signs 1.9 trillion spending bill. Once I get it on, because like I said, you have no idea <laughs> the somersaults I'm doing to get this streaming. It's it's driving me insane. Here we go. Absolutely driving us directly towards socialism, maybe even communism. $1.9 trillion. You know, we, we have a $28 trillion deficit as it is, and it's expanding faster than it ever has. President Obama doubled the deficit from $10 trillion to $20 trillion. Trump took over and added $8 trillion onto it. What Biden is about to do, in addition to all the extra spending that we already have in place, Biden is going to add another probably 20 $25 trillion to the deficit in, in, in the first four, maybe in, if he gets reelected eight years, we're headed towards absolute insolvency. Now, remember who owns most of our debt. China owns most of that. They hold our debt. If interest rates go up, we're absolutely screwed. Right now, we're going to service that debt to the tune of a trillion dollars. These numbers sound massive, and they are. If interest rates go up, it could be $2 trillion just to pay the interest on the debt, not actually pay down the debt. When you add trillions of dollars into the economy, you drive prices up. If you haven't noticed, Andrew and Heather, prices at the pump are already skyrocketing. They're already up 40 50 cents a gallon. Guess what? That'll continue. It'll, only, it'll uh, continue to speed up as people get more money into their, into their hands and they spend it. Meat prices are soaring. Food prices are soaring. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, we're headed for a, a wall. We're in an airplane and we're, we're on a 737 heading for a, a mountain and we're about to crash into it when inflation hits, when prices go through the roof. And then, but guess what? When they stop handing out $1,400 checks, the average family is going to have one hell of a time trying to make ends meet. Now, yeah, Eric, you mentioned the twenty-eight uh, trillion dollar uh, debt, um, and a lot of this so-called relief money uh, isn't accessible to schools. They'll have to wait at least a year for ninety percent of Biden's COVID cash. 
Uh, that's according to estimates from the nonpartisan Congressional bu Budget Office. This isn't really a relief bill, is it? No, it, it, it is a relief bill, Andrew, but it's, it's, it's you know, it, $1,400 goes into average families' pockets if you took $1.9 trillion and divided by every man, woman, and child in America. It would be somewhere around $6,000 instead of $1,400. There's so much fat that's in this law. It's not even a bill anymore. It's a law. It's coming. It, it's in, indescribable how, how so many of the things that the Democrats filled into that aren't actually going to make it to the schools and to, to the average family. I have another issue that, that you guys may or may not be bringing up later in the show. We have a crisis at the border right now, and it plays into this this way. We have a crisis one by one account, by a, a, an official government account, we're 727% over capacity right now at, at some of the border crossings. 727% over capacity. That means all these people are coming in, they're filling our, our stations that are holding people, they're about to make their way into our communities. And guess what? They're not being tested. They, we don't know what they're carrying coming across the border. We're actually opening ourselves up at our southern border to get another round, another spike in COVID. And then what? We're going to add four, five, eight, ten more trillion dollars to try and pay for that. Yeah. It's, I don't know who's calling the shots in the Biden administration right now in D.C., but whoever's doing it, they got to move them out and get some sensible, common-sense people in there. Yeah, and only 1%, I think, of this massive 1.9, well, let's just say $2 trillion, goes to uh, vaccine distribution specifically. You talked about, you know, who is behind all of this. Looking at what happened with this particular bill, now law, um, is this just a sign of things to come? Are we going to be able to held hostage by this liberal House, Senate, and presidency moving forward? Great point, Heather, because you know what they're talking about. It, with the, the, literally, Biden signed this into law middle of, of this week, and they're already starting to talk about a four a four trillion dollar infrastructure bill that they'll turn into law. Four trillion dollars. Now, that basically is it, it, you don't need four trillion dollars to fill potholes. Four trillion dollars is probably maybe a quarter of that will go to you know build fixing bridges and fi fixing roadways. But a lot of that is going to go to the green agenda. It's going to be filled with the climate stuff. It's going to be AOC, packed with AOC's initiatives. That's another $4 trillion. I mean, you're talking $6 trillion in the first 50, 75 days of a presidency. I can't imagine what four years is going to look like. We're, we're, we are speeding towards a broke communist, yeah. at least socialist state like Venezuela or Cuba. Yeah, great points. Um, you know, it's Saturday night, so we always like to have a little bit of fun on Saturday night. March Madness coming up here this week. Do you have a Final Four? Any predictions here coming up? <laughs> wow. Uh, well, it's not due because already out because of COVID. I mean, yeah, because of COVID. They, you know, they're going to win that tournament. They may come through. You know, I honestly, I've been uh, focusing on football and, uh, and baseball coming up and basketball, but I, I'm a huge March Madness fan. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have one for you. I apologize. That's okay. You've got you've got South the quarterback that you're with there. So. I, I'm, I'm here in South Carolina. Good. We don't need it. South Carolina, Clemson. Let's do that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, my sister went to Smart USC, answer. so that's okay. As long as you're oh, that's okay because your sister went. Nobody cares. Now, we're going to be listening to um, the continuation of this discussion once I skip over it because my favorite person is coming on now, and that's Rick Grinnell. 
he's getting some stuff done in California. So I'm very excited for him. I mean, I expected him to make waves and change things. Now, as I'm coming out with doom and gloom, I want you to know, I talked about the emoluments clause, right? Um, and how I am going to be suing the Biden administration for it. And if you noticed, everyone's pushing emoluments now, but they're doing it to Flynn. So General Flynn is now under attack. And the only people that can actually help him are the makers of Shadowgate. Because we already saw this coming. <laughs> we already knew it. I want you guys to see the end of Shadowgate 2 where we talked about it. But it's up to Millie how she wants to take it. Because, you know, there's nothing like being the one that has all the cards when it's necessary. Now, I've said this many times before. You know, a lot of people put a lot of hope into people that are not out there for the people. They pretend to be, but they're not. A lot of people are telling you things that are not true. A lot of people, and, and you know what? As I've said, don't even listen to me. Just listen to your president. A lot of people are putting a lot of eggs in people's baskets that are hollow and empty and falling right through to them. It's not for you. The only person that you should be investing in is yourself. Because yourself being empowered, meeting with others and joining forces, that's how you fix your community. That's how you fix your city. That's how you fix your state. And that's how you dictate your own economy, your own access to health care, your children's education, and so on and so on. You know, when you, when you sit a bit and you think of all the things that are stacked against you, stacked against you, stacked against you. you and when I say this, I don't mean it lightly, stacked against you. It's as if right now the people of the United States of America need to climb a wall that's made of glass. Like, how far can you climb a thick wall of glass that's at least seven miles high? It's really hard. It's very hard. But not impossible. I mean, I'm not about climbing walls. I don't like climbing walls. I mean, I wouldn't be able to. Well, I could if I really put my mind to it. I would be able to. But, you know, I'm not that fit. I rather break walls down. No door, I make one. No out, I make one. And that's the way everyone should uh, see things. These challenges that we are about to go through in the next two weeks, you need to find ways that are not conventional. While I see people saying, oh, the courts don't work, and that's because you're doing it wrong. You need to target the things you can do. You need to target the right verbiage and to put them in the box. You need to target that. You can't go for abstract things. I'm being silenced because they don't like what I'm saying. Yet you have to bake a cake for someone, right? You have to bake a cake for someone. So uh, I'm being targeted for not, mm, that's not how you win. You go to things that are more solid. You get one win under your belt. It weakens your enemy. You never go straight for the jugular, right? If you're going up a trans uh, up against a transformer, what do you do? You go for the toe, 
then you go for the foot, then you go for the knee, and you take it apart from the peripherals. And the peripherals are many. When you want to target corporations that are massive, don't go and jump on it head first, right? If you were going after Godzilla, how would you attack? Machine gun probably feels like little pebbles being thrown at him. No. Maybe you put a thorn on his foot. So he's limping. And as he's limping, you put another thorn on his foot. So he's limping again. That's how you weaken your enemy. You find the right battles to do so they can topple over themselves slowly but surely. And this is for every battle you fight. You sit back and you acknowledge, damn, this is a very big monster I'm going against. What do I do? If I cut off the head, there's many more that are going to grow. It keeps moving and rushing through my city, my home, my town, my country, and it's destroying everything. How do I fix it? You take it out piece by piece. And there's many of us and few of them. This new attack on General Flynn is to punish him because they believe that he's part of something and that they just need to attack him. That way they can demoralize you even more. Hence why, you know, he knew it was coming. I mean, we knew it was coming <laughs> in July of last year. We totally knew. I'm the one that told you before anyone in 2018, I told you, he's never going to be sentenced. I also said that it's not over because this is how they come at you. They lost that because all of these, you know, per se patriots that are parading the general around, which is great because he needs to be out there. He needs to be talked about because he's about to get hit so hard. But, you know, this can all go away because we already have everything he needs. We did a lot of homework. And Bergie, myself, Millie, and Gavin, we've got this down packed. I mean, we tried to warn everyone. But, you know, they grow spots. They're allergic to truth. Think about it. All these truth tellers, where are they? Where are they? As I've said, all the generals are the same because I see a lot of you saying, well, Patrick Berge has another, you know, view on General Flynn. He doesn't, nah, nah, nah. and it's like, look, he's seen General Flynn from one side. I've seen him from another side. And yes, he has many commonalities of many generals. But um, I trust Flynn more than anything. I mean, I banked my career on that uh, because I knew how important he was going to be. So, end of story. Me and Bergie don't have to see eye to eye, but I could tell you one thing. We know where there's overlap. And that's how working with other people works. You don't have to agree on everything. You don't. Because the more one tries to prove one thing and the other does the other, then that's the way it comes together. Again, all generals have a common thing and theme. And General Flynn has the same one. But now he's going to have to sit back and wait. You know, this could have been nipped in the bud in August when I know that Millie had reached out. This could have been taken care of in September when she reached out. But you know, Ali Akbar, but you know, your fellow patriots, right? They know best. And, and let them. 
Because again, it's not one to show you, it's to allow them to show themselves. And, and that is what evil does too. It exposes itself the minute you can see. You may not have eyes to see what is, what is happening. You may not have ears to hear what is being said. And that's okay. Your time will happen. As long as there is faith in humanity, the winds will not blow and we will hold them back until it's ready for harvest. <laughs> I'll just say that. Now let's take a listen to Rick Grinnell. Andrew, Heather, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I'd love to just jump in on this vaccine thing. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally That's ridiculous. That's called deflecting, I right think. Now. Diplomatic, my friend. <laughs> Diplomatic. <laughs> All right. So, so jump in on this. Jump in on the vaccines. Jump in on the security implications of really erasing uh, President Trump's legacy. Yeah. Look, all the heavy lifting was done by President Trump and his team. We all know that. They found the vaccine. They shepherded it through. I was in the Oval Office on multiple occasions where we had to interrupt an intel briefing because there was an urgent call from a CEO uh, or somebody involved in uh, Operation Warp Speed, and President Trump wanted to keep it on track. So every meeting would stop and he would take all of uh, the calls to keep it moving. Look, what Joe Biden is doing is akin to going into the presidential Amazon, Amazon Prime account and pressing reorder. And I guess what we can do is compliment President Biden for understanding that we just need to keep the process going and the states need to keep getting the vaccine. But they didn't do anything on finding the vaccine. They didn't do anything to work through the bureaucracy. They didn't do anything other than continue what President Trump had set up. So let's applaud President Biden for keeping going what President Trump set up. So reordering, you know, great, great accomplishment. Right. Keep it going, President Biden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in your home state of California, Democratic policies as a whole are really seeing a referendum in California uh, from rolling blackouts to strict lockdowns. Are we getting a preview of how the nation uh, would look under this presidency in a few years? Yeah, it's a really good question, Andrew. You know, I would say about nine or 10 years ago, many Republicans in California, uh, after being wiped out, we, we, we weren't winning uh, any statewide elections. Um, identity politics was rampant in the state. About nine or 10 years ago, Republicans got together and they said, you know what, let's um, let the Democrats implement some of these crazy ideas. Let's let them run us off the cliff. Let's stop uh, stopping them. And what we're seeing now, I think in a post-COVID world, you really saw that process speed up. Churches shut down, businesses shut down, Zoom school became uh, the only way here in California. And now we have a, a governor who just literally mismanages not only the COVID response, but we have rolling blackouts. We're telling people to not water their lawns because we don't have enough water yet. We live on an ocean in California. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could just go on and on about these far left policies. Here's one example. Uh, the rest of the country is participating in this explosion of liquid natural gas. Mm. The U.S. economy is humming because of U.S. LNG, yet not a single Democratic governor on the entire West Coast is allowing an LNG terminal, which means <clears throat> we can't go and supply China 
which becomes this national security crisis. If we are trying to uh, get off Middle East oil and we're able to have US LNG, it seems like a no-brainer to be able to supply, uh, ex start exporting uh, mm -hmm. LNG to China or to Asia. And yet we can't do it simply because Democratic governors won't put a terminal, an LNG terminal, somewhere between Washington, Oregon, or the entire California coast. Yeah. It's really uh, outrageous. Yeah, a national security crisis on that front, and then we have the national security crisis uh, with the border and that situation that we're going to talk a little bit more about as well. You sounded awful lot like a California governor there to me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sounded like it. Well, look, I... <laughs> let me let me just say that we have like about four or five days left. We have come March 17th in order to get signatures. I know the national media keep reporting that we've you know reached more than two million uh, signatures, which is true, but we need 1.5 million verified. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite convinced yet that the 250,000 activists in California who have been collecting signatures since last summer are are going to be able to see this process come to fruition unless we continue uh, receiving these signatures. People still have time. If you live in California, go to recallgavin2020.com, sign it, get it in, because we still think that the one party that controls California that's going to verify the signatures mm -hmm. is going to start playing some games. You just watched Newsmax TV, America's fastest all right, so recallgavin2020.com. It's going to be quite interesting what we're going to see come out of that. Now, um, I had to, I wanted to play that in the first hour, and I also wanted to show you a reminder of um, Shadowgate and um, what it's about, what I was talking about. And I think it's important that you see the and hear the last 10 minutes of Shadowgate 2.0 so that uh, you remember. It's uh, important that people remember because uh, people don't remember. So here's me showing it to you directly. So there's no question. It's disseminated the fake Russian dossier. It wasn't until the dossier appears on the scene that they were able to go and get a warrant. They point their fingers at the Democrats for colluding with the Russians. The dossier was prepared by a man named Christopher Steele, who was hired by Fusion GPS that was being paid by the Democratic Party and the Clinton campaign to do opposition research against candidate Trump. Meanwhile, the Democrats pushed the narrative that the Russians hacked the DNC. The FBI learned in July of 2016 that the Trump campaign appeared to have advanced knowledge of Russia's plans to release, quote, thousands of emails, end quote, to harm Hillary Clinton and help Trump. The FBI learned this one week after WikiLeaks published 20,000 emails that Russia had stolen from the Democratic National Committee's hacked computers. And that Paul Manafort, who just so happens to be John McCain's former campaign manager, gave social media data to the Russians to help Trump win the 2016 election. None of the Mueller report's findings of criminal charges 
rely on the Steele dossier. None of them. The so-called Russian dossier was part of a cover story, hiding the fact that the NSA overcollection problem was being used to spy on the Trump campaign candidate and now President Donald Trump, all the way up until March 15, 2020. The alleged impeachment whistleblower was actually a wiretap, hence supersonic hearing capabilities. Eric Ciaramella was a decoy to hide the fact that the president was being wiretapped through a 702 data overcollection problem connected to the Sunset Clause, collection problem that the NSA Inspector General Robert Storch oversaw. None of this was ever supposed to be found out, but Trump won. Now with an administration in a position to piece this whole thing together. Which is why President Trump allowed the Sunset Clause of the Patriot Act, which legalized and enabled the FISA 702 collection of everyone's data, to expire on March 15, 2020. But not before he declared a state of emergency on March 13, 2020, where his people had access for 72 hours to all the data, including the communications of those who were plotting a coup against him. Oops. The military-industrial complex, which has been running both Republican and Democrat Party campaigns, used hacks as cover for removing and replacing memorandums of understanding, backdoor deals, blackmail, election meddling software, emails, etc., from the RNC and DNC servers. This all came to a head in 2016 when an unexpected mirroring of the DNC server created a situation where domestic meddling in elections could be found out. So non-attribution and misattribution had to be used to make it look like the Russians not only hacked the DNC and RNC servers, but leaked that information to WikiLeaks and the Trump campaign to falsely claim Trump was colluding with the Russians to win the 2016 election. But when the Trump campaign turned down the honeypot trap offer from Cambridge Analytica for social media influence operations, which was a setup to make it look like the social media data used by Cambridge Analytica came from the Russians, the shadow government's plot to create a scenario for impeachment of President Trump failed. <laughs> So when President Trump spoke with the newly elected president of Ukraine, all hell broke loose. The Atlantic Council, Spirit of America, Joe Biden, the Inspector General of the NSA, people at the State Department, USAID, Jones Group International, a handful of retired generals, and their affiliated companies were in serious trouble. So the second attempt to impeach the president was kicked off, but it failed too. <laughs> Though culpable, the FBI is low-hanging fruit and James Comey is a fall guy. If we continue down this cover story narrative, then no one will ever be held accountable. We are here again today as part of the chairman's examination 
of Crossfire Hurricane, the FBI's Russia investigation. Crossfire Hurricane? More like Hurricane Electric being one of the server networks in Germany, inside the European Union, used for this elaborate scheme. What uh, Millie had shown in her documentary with Patrick and uh, Tori was really a, uh, a first-class body of evidence that the President of the United States should assign a special team of prosecutors, a special inspector general to investigate and prosecute because this really is the, the uh, you know, the, the weak point well, the whole house of cards of the deep state and Brennan and Obama and Holder and all of these people could come tumbling down over. You know, the only person we haven't brought up yet in this Shadowgate series is General Flynn. We have so many uh, capabilities within the coalition, particularly our human intelligence collection, I think is, uh, is actually... Uh, it's, it's, it's one of the, the, the pieces, the components that helps us out quite a bit. Well, if you're going to talk about General Flynn, we have to talk about Khashoggi. So I reached out to Craig Timberg with uh, Washington Post to do the story about the analogy that about a year later was when uh, Jamal Khashoggi was murdered at the Turkish embassy. I believed he was an IAA asset. To talk about Khashoggi, we also have to talk about Pakistani intelligence, the Awan brothers, Covington Law Firm. In 2016, I got a job at Covington and Berlin in-house security. Our duties were to protect materials, computers, all that stuff. Eric Holder, a high-value intelligence group. been a part of the uh, deliberations which, which have established this uh, high-value interrogation unit as part of the decisions to close Guantanamo. Brennan, CIA, Black Ops, all of that falls under that category. So how do we fix it? With the awakening. This is a, a wonderful opportunity for other military veterans, other intelligence uh, officials who, who were contractors and also who work in the agencies to come forth and join the ranks of fellow whistleblowers and fellow American patriots. Turns out Shadowgate is going to be a trilogy. This isn't a game, people, but these people are treating this like a game. And we need to stop. I hope you are enjoying the show. Well, like I said, we already have everything we need. But, you know, this was actually taped in the summer of 2020, just so you guys know. And so was Shadowgate 3. And while in D.C., more people were interviewed for it. And guess what? Your patriots backed out on Mui. So... Uh, it's just really, really important that uh, people understand, you know, this reporter, Millie, has been putting it all together to give it to you in a way that you can digest it. And what General Flynn is under attack is for two reasons, two reasons only. One, to demoralize you, to show you, look, he may have been gone for this, but we're coming back for him just to show you how powerful we are. They're showing you how powerful they are. They are. But they're also using the word emoluments. And you have to wonder, dang, 
So I guess when there's going to be reporting about Biden, everyone is going to be flooding it with emoluments about General Flynn. And there's nothing they can do on the emoluments for General Flynn. That's a really sticky position to be in. Damn, with all the receipts we have on the other generals, that would be pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Because, yeah, they've got they've got stuff that they can use. And they can, with a stretch, with a stretch, I mean, we've seen them go after people with less. And today we're going to cover a patriot that no one's talking about. And, um... This kind of lets me, uh, you know, bring it back to where were all your patriots when American citizens were being locked up, attacked with frivolous and fake lawsuits, right? When all they did was serve the American people. Nowhere. Oh, and you know, Austin Steinbart. Oh, he said he was Q, which means that he could take away all our money. So we hate him. So it's great that he's in jail. So we're not going to talk about it because even though he's an American and his rights are being stripped, we're not going to talk about it. Well, I'm going to show you a real patriot that's being boxed in. Like we talked about all these people being arrested and thrown in jail and no one is... Um, no one's really talking about them. I mean, we did see uh, the lawyer for the one guy on Newsmax. I mean, why wouldn't you let them out? Not a flight risk, but you're locking them in. And I'm going to hint to you why, <laughs> why they have them uh, kind of uh, in that box. Uh, it's important that they have them in that box because it's quite dangerous as to what they can do outside of the box. So um, we're going to go and fill up our coffee cups with um, some nice coffee while we get back and visit a Trump appointee. Are you listening? A Trump appointee is now in jail. Man, like it's never ending what they're doing. Never ending. They're just going to keep doing it as long as we let them do it. So we need to not let them do it anymore. How do we do that? Pick the battles that we know we can definitely win. And that's exactly what we're doing. See you all in a sec. Well, everyone, I actually have a sponsor for today's podcast brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, in a time like this where we're confused, we're anxious, we're not getting answers to questions, there's strains on relationship. It's always important that we speak to licensed professionals and uh, going out to the hospital, they want all of these things and your insurance demands all of these things and you just don't want it. You want to speak to someone about things like anxiety, stress, depression, self-esteem, anger, sleeping, whatever it is. Well, at BetterHealth.com, you can actually do that online. You can book your weekly uh, video or phone sessions with an with an actual licensed professional who specializes in these areas. It's important to live happy lives. And as my listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting my sponsor, BetterHealth.com slash Tory. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Tory. God bless.
right. Welcome back, everyone. Hopefully you got your coffee cups uh, filled up. We're going to, I'm going to introduce you. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about this um, stolen laptop of Nancy Pelosi's. And we're going to take it um, in a sense of, I want you guys to see what's really, uh, what's really going on here. So there are new details on this writer, according, this is from February 24th, okay, um, that stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop. You know, the one that they said was going to sell it to, um, what was it, um, to the Russians, and it's, uh, you know, a huge deal, and she's going to be doing all of this, and it's just super insane, right? I, I want us to revisit that report together because it's important we revisit that report uh, together. So let's do that quickly. This is a 20-second report, um, and then we're going to move on to, you know, the month after that where it's more uh, detailed. Here we go. Take a listen. Oops. You can't take a listen because it's not... I'm telling you guys, you have no idea what I'm doing to get this, to get this um, up today. It's just been insane. Here we go. Now it'll work. Okay, here we go. The woman accused of stealing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's laptop during the Capitol riots has been granted bail. Riley June Williams of Harrisburg has been ordered to home confinement with electronic monitoring. She cannot communicate with possible co-defendants and her travel is restricted. The 22-year-old faces a charge of aiding and abetting the stealing of government property and other charges. So she was granted bail. She supposedly stole property and she was granted bail, right? She was granted bail when she illegally entered right? Trespass, whatever they want to say, and is supposedly the one that stole the laptop, okay? This is, she was granted bail, okay? Remember that. She was granted bail. That's from January. Here's a report from February. Mails and new video of the Capitol rioter accused of stealing Nancy Pelosi's laptop. Our Richard Engel with an NBC News investigation and a warning, some of the language is disturbing. This is 22-year-old Riley Williams from Pennsylvania in the Capitol on January 6th, according to the FBI. Upstairs is Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office. Inside, a female voice the FBI believes to be Williams seems excited. I'm in this. On the desk is Pelosi's HP laptop. The same voice tells others to treat it carefully. They put on gloves. According to the FBI, a witness claims Williams stole the laptop and intended to send the computer device to a friend in Russia to be passed to Russian intelligence. Williams turned herself in to authorities shortly after the Capitol assault. An NBC News investigation can reveal tonight this is also Riley Williams expressing neo-Nazi sympathy. There is no political solution. All that is left is acceleration. Hail Hitler. NBC News, along with the investigative group Bellingcat, verified the masked video found on an encrypted white supremacist chat group. Williams' social media accounts, now deleted, were also full of support for white nationalism. Williams faces charges of unlawful entry and aiding and abetting the theft of government property. 
William's lawyer told us tonight the video was meant as an internet joke intended to mock Nazis, but he wouldn't confirm or deny his client was in it. All right, so she was colluding with Russians. She supposedly stole the laptop, and she's a Nazi, but she was allowed um, to be out on bail. Totally legit. Totally legit. <laughs> of the screaming and yelling at this court hearing, but I can tell you with confidence, there was definitely screaming and yelling. Now, we just got the transcript tonight. Because reporters were able to listen in while this thing happened live, we know the tone in which the words and the transcript were uttered. Uh, the Washington Post and the New York Times simply called it a, quote, tantrum today. Uh, USA Today described uh, the defendant in this case as, quote, erupting. Uh, the Daily Beast described him as, quote, losing it in court. Uh, and I'm not a good actor, so I'm not sure how much emotion I can accurately convey here, but here it is, the judge. Mr. Barnett, are you with us? Uh, you may be muted, Mr. Barnett. We may have lost Mr. Barnett, who is obviously the reason we're all here this morning. Pause. The courtroom deputy, Mr. Barnett. The defendant, Mr. Barnett. Yes, the judge. Ah. Thank you for joining us again. Good morning, Mr. Barnett. This is Judge Cooper. Can you hear me? The defendant. Good morning. Yes, I can hear you. The judge. She's mocking him. She's mocking him. She's mocking him. She's reveling in the fact that he had uh, difficulties, technical difficulties to talk. He, that she, he, is mocking him. That's disgusting. No matter how much you hate someone. If you're an American, you would never revel in the fact that someone is not being afforded justice correctly. Now, watch it. Listen to it and understand it. But today you're going to be introduced to a man who's also rotting in jail. Someone who served their country in many ways. Also served us under President Trump uh, in the State Department. And they got him. See... Everything that you hear from your patriots isn't true. The laptop, untrue. Untrue. That, I can tell you, was received a long, long time ago. We don't need any physical access to things. I think my reporting proves that. I mean, how did I have a list of people that unmasked General Flynn if I didn't have access to their physical stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm just talking smack, of course. Okay, just like last time, we would obviously usually do this in person, but due to the pandemic, we are proceeding remotely. Are you okay with proceeding via telephone this morning? The defendant, yes, that's fine. Judge, okay, very well. If you could mute your phone now, unless we need to hear from you, that would be very helpful. The defendant, okay, I'll mute now. The judge, thank you, sir. And the judge turns to the prosecutors. He says, all right, Ms. Dorman or Ms. McLean, where are we? One of the prosecutors, Nicole McLean, says, yes, Your Honor. Uh, and so at this time, I believe there's going to be a change in counsel in this case, which means the defendant is actually changing his defense lawyers, and they're in the middle of that process happening. 
prosecutor says, I had sent over to the defense lawyer a proposed protective order in this case for discovery that he was going to share with his client and speak to his client about. We've provided some discovery informally in this case, specifically through the U.S. Attorney's Office in Arkansas. The government is still undertaking this massive effort to gather discovery in this and all of the Capitol riot cases. What the government is going to ask for today is for a continuance of 60 days to gather discovery, to discuss protective order, and for the new attorneys in the case to get up to speed on what has been done. The judge. And the last time we were here, no plea offer had been extended. Is that still the case? Prosecutor. That is still the case, Your Honor, and that is still the case in all January 6th cases, meaning no January 6th arrestees have been offered a plea deal by the government. The judge says, okay, just out of curiosity, what is the government's estimate of the guidelines range for the dangerous weapons charge here? Have you done that calculation? There's then some discussion between the judge and the prosecutors on how much time in prison the defendant might ultimately be looking at if he's convicted on the dangerous weapons charge he is facing. That resolves like this. The prosecutor. For the 1512, it's going to be the highest offense level here. I believe it's going to be a base offense level of 14. The maximum sentence on the 1512 is a 20-year term of imprisonment and a $250,000 fine. Judge. Okay. All right. Just trying to figure out what we've got. And he turns to defense counsel. Counsel, May 4th at 11 a.m. Does that work for you? Defense lawyer. One moment, Your Honor. Uh, yes, that works for me. Yes. And then up pops the defendant. He unmutes himself. Defendant, I'm sorry. I need a sidebar with my counsel. That doesn't work for me. I need a sidebar. A different defense lawyer stands up. Richard, this is Stephen Metcalf. The defendant, I need a sidebar. I need a sidebar. Defense lawyer Stephen Metcalf, listen, Richard, this that we're talking about now, this is a date wholly separate from any application for bail for you. So just hang tight. We're going to hash out everything we need to with the court right now. There are a couple of other issues that we need to address, and we will speak to you as soon as you give us a call back today. Did you hear me? The defendant. Yes, I understand, but I've been here a long time. I've been here a month, and they're going to set it for another month, and everybody else is getting out. Can you listen to how she's enjoying this? Yet the woman that was speaking with Russians to sell Nancy Pelosi's computer is out on bail, but he's not. And he's not a flight risk. Can you listen to evil cackle? It's beautiful. Why? Let them dance. Let them dance. Because when they fall, it's going to be so hard. Defense lawyer, Richard. The judge, okay, defense lawyer, I'm asking you to just hang tight. We're going to address a couple of other matters. The defendant, I don't agree with this date. It's not fair. First defense lawyer, so, uh, Mr. Barnett, the judge, all right. What if I told you that the people that you listen to, your patriots, were laughing just like that when Austin Steinbart's rights were being taken away, Right. Counsel, let me cut this short, okay? The defendant, I'm on the phone. I can't have a sidebar with my attorney. It's not fair. It isn't fair. John Sullivan entered with a knife, said he had a knife. He broke shit. He entered, and what did this guy do? He walked in, the police let him in, and he sat on her desk. He didn't take a computer, nor did he say, I got a knife, I got a knife. The judge, counsel, why don't we take five? The defendant, we need to start doing this in person. 
Remember, the defendant just consented to doing this not in person when the judge asked him directly at the start of the hearing, but now he says, we need to start doing this in person. The judge, Mr. Barnett, hold on, sir. We're take five. And one of you, meaning one of the defense lawyers, can step into another room and contact Mr. Barnett. Is that possible? The defendant, it is possible. We've done it before. The judge, hold on, sir. Hold on, hold on. Here's what we're going to do. The court will set a date for a further status hearing on May 4th at 11 a.m. The defendant, oh no, sir. The judge, in the meantime, sir, if you're counsel, the defendant, I have a phone number right here. He can call me. He's done this before. I've got a phone number right here. He can call me on. The defense lawyer, judge, I'll take the number. Judge, all right, take the number, speak to your client, and then we'll reconvene in five minutes. The defendant, the government keeps dragging this out and living, letting everybody else out. Defense lawyer, Richard, Richard, meaning the defendant, Richard, I'm advising you to just stop. The judge, counsel, step out and call your client. The court goes into recess. And she's enjoying every minute of it. Look at them revel, these evil people. Now, it is not reflected in the official transcript that we have obtained, but one reporter who was monitoring the hearing today for the Daily Beast swears that at that point in the proceeding as they were going to recess, the defendant also screamed, forgive me, um, quote, this has been a bunch of crap. Forgive you? The defendant in question here um, is this fellow who you will recognize from the immediate aftermath of the January 6th attack. Yeah, who wouldn't have fun on this drunk thief's you know, table. This is an older guy. He didn't do anything. And d don't worry. You know, let evil. You need to see evil for what they are. You need to listen to them. You need to hear what they say. Now I'm going to take you to see how a patriot is in jail. A patriot in jail. And none of your patriots are talking about this patriot at all. But we are. Because it's important we are. He's an amazing guy. And, you know, they don't even have evidence. They think, right? Kind of like the way Millie Weaver put it on her PSYOP the Steel. If they have the best equipment to find facial recognition, why are they asking you? Just to collect your data. Let me introduce you to Freddie. Breaking news that a Donald Trump aide, somebody hired by Donald Trump to work on his campaign and later in the federal government as a Trump appointee has been arrested for their role at the Capitol on January 6th. This is some reporting from Politico. The FBI on Thursday arrested Frederico Klein, a former State Department aide, on charges related to the storming of the Capitol on January 6th, marking the first known instance of an appointee of President Donald Trump facing prosecution in connection with the attempt to block Congress from certifying President Joe Biden's victory. Have you guys heard about Freddie? Probably not. Your patriots won't tell you about that. They're busy selling you t-shirts. Klein was taken in the custody in Virginia, said Samantha Shero, a spokesperson for the FBI. And, and later on in the article, it says on Trump's 2016 campaign, Klein, also known as Freddie, worked as a quote unquote tech analyst. According to the Federal Elections Commission records, he $15,000 there. According to a financial disclosure, he was paid an additional 5000 in 2017. Jumping down a paragraph, this is the key point. The alleged presence of a Trump political appointee at the riot 
may tie those events more closely to the president, although there is already ample evidence that many of those charged were inspired by Trump's false claims about the election and by his calls for supporters to descend on Washington on January 6th. This is a big deal. This is a big deal because right-wingers, conservatives, whether it was at CPAC or people like Ron Johnson or Mo Brooks or Marjorie Taylor Greene, people in the Trump regime itself, have tried to say one of a couple things. One, they've tried to just out and out lie and basically say it was false flag. It was actually the left. It was actually socialists and Black Lives Matter that were at the Capitol and not Trump supporters and not conservatives and not Republicans. Or that the, to the extent that Republicans were there, it was a random group of people just sort of going on a stroll with no particular organization and no particular aim. And it just sort of happened that they got carried away. And it's sad, but like not ultimately something we need to waste time on because it was just sort of a random occurrence. Okay, so look, Citizen Trudeau, Canadian history. I mean, just look at his books, okay? So he loves Trudeau. <laughs> so listen, he's 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 a liberal and he loves his, his, you know, anything liberal and he's going to state it, but he's talking about Freddie. Why? Because they need to bring some people from Trump's camp into focus. Did you miss it on today on the Today Show? Let me show it to you on the Today Show too. Now Freddie's a really good guy, super patriot, super patriot super patriot. Here we go. And also this morning, a former State Department aide has been arrested in connection with the riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Federico Klein, who was appointed by President Trump in 2017, can be seen on video assaulting police officers during the attack. Klein is believed to be the first official from the Trump administration to face charges for his role in the riot. This comes as former impeachment manager and Democratic Congressman Eric Swalwell filed a lawsuit Friday against former President Trump, accusing him of inciting that riot. So I just wanted to um, point this out. Wait, hold on. There's more. You should you should hear the reporting. You should hear the reporting here. It's exposed by MSNBC and it's not the same witch. It's another one. <laughs> this is this is horrible. And I'm going to tell you about Freddie because it's important that you guys see how they're moving this along. Freddie was a great guy really great guy and <laughs> they don't even have evidence they have some video Shh. Uh, excuse my french but you can you can have biden in your house if you wanted to today a former trump administration official was hauled into court and charged with storming the capitol in the insurrection Federico Klein is the first known Trump official charged in this riot. You see him there on a seeking information poster. He was actually working inside our government at the State Department with a top secret security clearance when he turned on our government, indicted for attacking the Capitol. These charges include unlawful entry and the very serious offense of assaulting an officer with a dangerous weapon. The FBI pointing to police body cam footage that shows him using a riot shield to pry open Capitol doors. You can see some of the imagery here. The FBI says he shoved a riot shield into an officer in an attempt to break the line and help to organize and lead the mob forward, giving instructions and calling out for fresh people.
He thought they needed fresh people to continue what was documented there, the assault on the officers. Klein could also later be seen shoving against them. Among the many horrors that day was the literal use of a shield as a sword. The old metaphor, they were seizing and taking these materials and then attacking officers with them. The FBI found Klein from tips as well as social media. There was this Facebook photo. He is a former Marine. He joined the Trump campaign, and that's how he ended up working inside our government while, according to prosecutors, later trying to overthrow it. Hey, I'm Ari Melber from MSNBC. You can see more of our videos right here, or better yet, subscribe to our YouTube. No, thanks. So let me let me give you a little bit of insight on how they're operating. So when uh, this whole, you know, when we had our lovely um, Patriots Day that was ruined, uh, the the deep state. I want to be careful how I and what I say went after everyone. I had friends within DC, Virginia, and within the government on all levels, send me pictures of women and say, holy crap, is that you? And it's like, no, um, tons of them. So they tried to find whatever round lady they could that looked like a brunette or was wearing a wig or a hat. But I know that I met some of you uh, that midnight at the hotel. So some of you know exactly where I was and I'm sure I had the best alibi. So that way they couldn't tie me up in a bow because you can't do that. See, Freddie didn't have a valid out. All they had was, oh, your, your phone pinged off a tower, which is how many miles radius? You don't even know that's him. Okay. You can't prove that's him. I'm telling you, there was one picture that was shown to me and I was like, dang, you know, someone was like, "Is who's that? It was some chick with a hat on, made rounds, and a lot of people were convinced it was me. So remember, he's in jail now. He's in jail now because someone, 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 someone said that he was there. So it was from a witness testimony that he was there. <laughs> so let me read this article to you. Federico Klein, a former mid-level aide at the State Department, is the first member of the Trump administration to face criminal charges in connection with January 6th storming of the Capitol. Klein was arrested in Virginia for charges including unlawful entry, violent and disorderly conduct, obstructing Congress and law enforcement, and assaulting an officer with dangerous weapon. Samantha Shero, spokesperson for the Bureau Washington Field Office, confirmed Thursday. In videos, Klein is seen wearing a red Make America Great Again cap while assaulting officers with a stolen riot shield. According to the court document filed by the FBI, Klein was still employed by the State Department and possessed a top-secret clearance at the time of the alleged offense. According to his LinkedIn page, he held a top-secret clearance issued by the DOD from 2014 to 2019. This was later renewed according to the court documents. The FBI arrested Klein after a member of the public who had seen the Bureau's poster 
pointed them to his Facebook page. Another witness contacted the agency to say they knew the man pictured on the poster by the name Freddie Klein. Klein, 42, worked on Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign as a tech analyst. According to the Federal Election Commission records, he earned $15,000 shown in a financial disclosure uh, filed on joining the State Department and a further $5,000 by the campaign in 2017, according to FEC records. Last summer, Klein was listed in a federal directory as serving as a special assistant in the Bureau of Western Hemisphere Affairs, a role filled by presidential appointment. Some reports have stated that according to his deleted LinkedIn page, Klein previously worked for the Pro-Life, Pro-Marriage Family Research Council as a researcher. However, a spokesperson for Family Research Council denied he ever worked there as an employee. He also reportedly worked as a Republican state convention delegate in Virginia. He graduated from George Mason University in 2002. Around that time, an individual with the same name is recorded as interning on Capitol Hill for former Senator George Allen, uh, Republican of Virginia, and working briefly for the House Small Business Committee. Frederico Klein's mother, Cecilia Klein, told Politico that she and her son had discussed the January 6th riot earlier this year, and Frederico Klein confirmed he was in Washington that day. She she said he did not say he entered the Capitol building. Fred's politics burn a little hot, she said, but I've never known him to violate the law. While I believe, as he said, he was at, on the mall that day, I don't have evidence, nor will I ever ask him unless he tells me where he was after he was on the mall. Celia Klein added that Federico Klein has served as a Marine in Iraq. More than 300 people have been charged in relation to the January 6th riot for offenses ranging from entering a restricted area to assault on police officer with dangerous weapon. And Newsweek contacted the FBI for further comment. Federico Klein could not be reached. So let me tell you something. They will invent shit on you if they want to. They will invent anything they want to get you in. That's the thing. They will invent things. It is a complete setup. That's not him. Or else they wouldn't be asking the public for help. These are people that they know look like somebody that they can say are them. These are all edited. Remember, the, this person does not exist.com. I'm trying to point out to you that this is a very big problem. This person is sitting in jail right now. He has children. He has a wife. They came and got him. I mean, nobody is speaking up for the man at all. Nobody is saying a word about the man at all. Nobody. Now, uh, his mom created a give, send, go for him. And she writes... Freddie Klein, devout Catholic and Iraq war veteran, is facing serious legal charges stemming from his alleged involvement in the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot. At this time, he's being held without the possibility of bond. Freddie's friends and family are working tirelessly 
to help him defend himself against these charges and help him manage his affair in the outside world, like his immediate bills, securing his material possessions, and most importantly, funding his legal defense. Freddie's family is bearing much of the financial burden of this situation. So we are asking that anyone who has sympathy for either Freddie or his family to please contribute to this campaign, Freddie Legal Defense Fund. This campaign is organized by me, his mother, Cecilia Klein. His family also humbly asks that you please pray for him during this difficult time. Please reach out to me if you have any questions regarding supporting our effort. Now, I just wanted to ask, guys, because you guys contributed money to me, and I know I could do whatever I want with it, but are you guys okay with me kicking over $1,000? I know it's going to eat into my, um, uh, you know, legal budget, but are you guys okay with that? I can, I, I can, I can do that. I, I, I will do that. I'm pretty sure some of that will, um, clear because it takes forever to come from GoFundMe, but I, okay. Okay. I know it's supposed to be mine and I could do whatever, but I also wanted to tell you guys, I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to say it's from my listenership at torysays.com, uh, you know, and that we're behind him and, you know, technology, um, is the problem here guys. So, um, I'd like to give him that because I've already kind of squared away, but I, I'd, I'd like to give him that. And on my next paycheck, which is on the first, um, I will send him more. I, I want you to understand, again, this is quite important, okay? This is quite important that at, the, at this time, we have, we're, we are in very dangerous times. This needs to be understood by many. Uh, this is a very important time in our nation. Uh, we are under attack like no other, and they will stop at nothing. They will stop at, at absolutely nothing. I also wanted to say, again, my system is frozen, and I'm trying to do something, and it won't. So let me see if I... Okay. Oh, it started to function. Great. Okay, perfect. All right, so I'm going to do that. I wanted to um, just say I am completely disheartened by the hardening of people that um, wish not to assist others. I am very disheartened um, that, you know, this isn't being discussed more, uh, that there aren't many people uh, bringing attention to this. I mean, on another uh, point, they're silencing the truth and they are making narratives. And, and again, this is all because they want to demoralize you, nothing else. They want to show you, look how powerful we are. What are you going to do about it? What are you mere little people that have no power? We're in power. Like, how dare you even try to fight us? Like, that's not going to work. That's what they're telling you. This is what they are telling you and showing you, okay? They're showing you this. With flexing their power, they are showing you this, okay? They're showing you that they are more powerful than you and that there is nothing you can do about it and you'll just have to deal with it. You will just have to deal with it. Now, it's, it's quite incredible, right, that in, in our time right now, people have decided to dispel 
any power that they have. And I say this in uh, uh, the the nicest way that I can. Um, we create our futures. We dictate our hopes, our dreams, and we also are the ones that have the power to fix everything. Now, I wanted to make it a point by taking you to, hold on, where is it? To listen. Um, is this the one? I wanted you guys to well, listen to it. There it is. Okay, Rob Carson, I, I want you to listen to this, please. Just listen. Hasn't had a presser since he was inaugurated, but that doesn't mean he's not out and about and uh, a little incoherent. Like at this hardware store in Washington, D.C., where he was whisked away before he could answer questions. That's not answering questions. After the cameras were off, he asked where the peanut butter was and how much for a Sleeping Beauty VHS rental. Then there was this event where he forgot the name of his Secretary of Defense. Oh, yeah. And, and the name of that building called the Pentagon. I just want to thank you both. And I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general. But my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit. Over you know, that, that outfit over there, it's called the Defense Department. Yeah. Uh, I want to make sure we that outfit. thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we just not sure what he's the secretary of maybe he's just a secretary talked about and for recommending and i don't know his name these two women for promotion thank you all may god bless you all and may god protect our troops well at least he remembered the troops uh, by the way it's uh, lloyd austin and uh, the building is called the pentagon he also spoke of women's roles in combat particularly their clothing and hairstyles oh. Some of it's relatively uh, straightforward work where we're making good progress, designing body armor that fits women properly, tailoring. Well, you know, you got to look good. Combat uniforms for women, creating maternity flight suits, updating, uh, updating requirements for their hairstyles. And some of it is because you've got to look fabulous when you're in battle. Going to take and. Uh, you know, it's an, an intensity of purpose and mission. Did he say maternity flight suits? I think he did. Here's the president apparently ready for questions when he was completely shut down once again. Uh, I'm going to ask some questions now. The press is going to leave and I'm going to. Oops, somebody must have tripped over the cord. Yeah. Who's ready for some hot sake? Here's Jen Psaki, the president's spokesperson, explaining why Joe's not talking to the media. So we're 45 days into the Biden presidency, and he has yet to hold a presser. At this point in past presidencies, uh, every president you know, from Reagan had addressed reporters, some of them multiple times. So why the Yeah, but you see, he's busy. I mean, he goes to bed at 8 in the morning. Delay, and when can we expect the president to hold a press conference? Well, first, as all of you know, the president takes questions several times a week. 
Uh, he took before the mic is cut or they hustle him out of the hardware store. Questions actually twice yesterday, uh, which is not. He did. He took questions, but he didn't answer them. Opportunity for the people covering the White House to ask him about whatever news is happening on any given day. We look forward to holding a full press conference in the coming weeks before the end. We do, too. I think it's going to be really entertaining. End of the month. And we're working on setting a final date for that. And as soon as we do, we will let you all know. But this president came in uh, during uh, a historic crisis, two historic crises, a pandemic like the country had not seen in decades and decades. And a couple of vaccines that were hurried to market in 10 months rather than five years by the former president. And an economic downturn that left 10 million people out of work. So I think the American people would certainly understand if his focus and his energy and his attention has been on ensuring we secure enough vaccines to vaccinate all Americans. Did she say the president? I like him. His commentary is great. And here's the thing. He's not answering questions because he's not really, he's not. End of story. He's not. He's not answering questions. He has nothing to say to the people. He's not allowed to speak to them. They just need him to hang on until May 1st. They need you to hang on to whatever they're working on. Now, I wanted to show you guys, I'm woman of my word, and we already put it. Listeners, Tori says show. And we wrote down, Freddie, they use dubious visuals that can be anyone, and they are using testimony of witnesses. While a woman who allegedly spoke with Russians to sell Pelosi's laptop is out on bail, and John Sullivan, whose Antifa destroyed public property and shouted that he had a knife, is also out on bail, and, we, and you are in jail because of he said, she said, we are with you. So I want people to know uh, I, I'm always a woman of my word, right? And I want you guys to understand that these people need the 100 days in office. These people need to continue the facade. What you see with Biden has to do with why he's in jail. Remember that. What you see with Biden is highly connected to this. And all we can do is pray that it happens the way it's supposed to happen. In the meantime, what we need to do is disallow them to enter and superimpose in our communities their thoughts, their wants, their needs. That's the way it is. That is exactly what we have to do. Here's a link if anybody wants to donate as well. I also gave like um, money to the website because they actually, they don't even hold on to funds. I didn't know that. Um, they don't hold on to funds. I put the link in the description box of, um, you know, uh, where you can donate. But Freddie is a Marine. Freddie served on the campaign and Freddie was appointed to deal with Western hem Hemisphere affairs and he was appointed by our president. He is what they need to lynch him to other people within the State Department, within the FBI, within the agency. They need him to link him to others. Again, remember, Millie Weaver said it best. Why is it that they are asking you to find faces when they have the best facial recognition software? Remember that. Who do these people remind you of? I guarantee you they wanted to make these guys Brad Pascal. Guarantee you. You know, guarantee. And the chick with the pink hat, damn, I guarantee you they were going for me. Because I had friends that I know quite well that asked me about her too. And so, you know, 
Unfortunately, he might have been out maybe at a, a cafe or whatever, or he was just in another place. I was in the vicinity. I'm telling you, this is so doctored, so bad. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. They are looking for anything they can, anything they can, anything to steer it away from the people that actually got it done. And again, they are among us. They are among us. And this man is now in jail, right? Now in jail for doing nothing. But they say, they claim that he bashed through a door. They claim they had all the shittiest footage, right? This could be anybody, okay? And yet they have facial recognition. Man, I had my hands on facial recognition software that would blow your mind in Washington, D.C. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? All of the conservative community, patriot community, should be talking about this. All of them. All of these people were trying to be linked to people that we get our news from, that have worked for the government. I'm telling you, they so wanted these guys to be Brad Parscale. I kid you not. All they need is someone to, to give witness testimony. That's all they need. See, that's the thing. They are desperate. And that's the problem. They're after Oath Keepers, but specifically, there are some Oath Keepers that have infiltrated the Oath Keepers. Keep that in mind. They're after everyone. I mean, Great movements were infiltrated in a very, very um, uh, odd way. So here is his Give, Send, Go link again. I don't know. Someone posted somebody else's Give, Send, send Go link. This is the link that you can find it at. He is a good man. I, I just, I can't even imagine the way they came in to get him. I mean, these people are sick. They will stop at nothing. And again, it's purely to demoralize you, purely to make, to, to show you that they can flex their muscles. They have everything to scare you. They can do anything to torture your soul, right? Your soul. They'll do, they'll do it. They are doing it. They're showing you, look how strong I am. Where are you going? I don't think you'll be able to do anything. I don't think you can do anything. You need to look at what I say and obey. Kind of like, okay, let me tell you something. So Saturday, I finally got together uh, with Millie Weaver for my birthday. And it's been the most amazing period of my life. Like I I tell people, like, I haven't really celebrated my birthday ever in my life. It's been just incredible. And she got me this awesome cake. But anyway, when we met up... Um, right before we went to my friend's house so that we can all just hang out. And I was so excited to introduce her to my church friends too. Um, I went to a store that was behind a crepe. You know, I always talk about these ham and cheese crepes, okay? I'm telling you, they're like the best in the world. So <laughs> I went to the store right behind it and, you know, all these mask holes, right? So I lift my shirt and walk in and I'm like, I want that and that because, you know, you have to take something to somebody's house. So I just wanted to get like this wine bottle that had chocolate all over it. So the guy's sitting there and he's like, oh yeah, that's this way. Yeah, I want to buy it. He's like, yeah, okay. And then he walks off and comes back with a mask. And I was like, no, no, thanks. I don't need it. Thanks. 
And he's like, you have to wear a mask. And I was like, I don't. And then some guy from behind me, now this guy's like in his 50s, right? Uh, very well polished with his wife who's, you know, probably had some work done, late 40s, early 50s, right? Um, sitting there with a mask. He's like, it's the law. I said, um, no, it's not. And you can wear your mask. I, I don't have to. My body, my choice. And so the guy comes back he, and he's like, yeah, I don't know if I can check you out if you're not wearing a mask. And I was like, well, I have my shirt over my face. He's like, yeah, it has to be a mask. So then the guy behind me in the most microaggressive way was like, why don't you just follow the rules? And I said, this is America. You can go to Venezuela to follow the rules, okay? I don't follow stupid rules. They're unconstitutional. No one's going to tell me that I have to wear an article. Because it protects you. I was like, did you read the back of the box? Let me guess. You don't read stuff. You let other people tell you what it says. And that takes me back to, I saw red, you guys, I like walked out of there. I think I like dropped $10 and took some chocolate covered eggs because I didn't want to go empty handed. But I was so pissed. I saw red. And I was thinking, this is a guy who seems really put together with his second wife, probably or third, right? Because that's, you know, that's what I, the vibe I got. And I was like, these are the people that are destroying our nation. The people that say follow the rules. You know, they said the same thing to Rosa Parks. Why don't you just sit in the back of the bus? You're just making shit difficult. Why don't you just sit in the back? She's like, no, we have to get uncomfortable, people. Nothing's going to be beaten and won. You don't win a war by sitting there knitting. You don't win a war by being nice and following the rules. You win a war by getting yourself uncomfortable. And that's exactly what we need to do is start getting uncomfortable comfortable. We have to get uncomfortable. This is the only way that we can take over it. The only way. So I'm going to be having um, a chat with my Ohio people on the uh, Q Warranto tonight. I don't know what time. I am going to be speaking to this amazing patriot whose messages on Telegram have been buried. Guys, like seriously, like I have, what does my counter say? Uh, 12, 100, nope. 126,695 unwritten messages. I kid you not. I can screenshot that for you. So um, I actually took it down from like 275,000 uh, messages yesterday and I found his message. So I am trying to organize my telegram and I'm trying to catch up. Like I'm, uh, you know, I did, it's just really hard. I, I can't express it to you in any other way. It's like so, so hard, so hard to keep up uh, because, you know, it just says 99 plus. But then when you go to your, if you have it on your desktop, now it's 126,972 messages unread. So uh, as you can understand, this Patriot has reached out to me. I saw it and I was like, yep. And I thought I pinned it because you can actually pin messages. Um, but obviously it wasn't. So I'm going to be working on that YouTube. I've got the Secretary of State today uh, that I'm tidying up because I want to file it by um, uh, by this week. And um, it's going to be pretty cray-cray, you guys. Uh, the Biden one is going to be huge. Uh, for my Texas people, I'm so proud of you for everything you're doing. Those in Galveston, amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really proud of all. Of you. I am so proud of you because you have no idea how important you are right now, how important you are into taking back our nation one by one by one. I am so excited 
so excited for you. I mean, I'm seeing your chats and I'm just like, I'm so proud of all the Texas group people. They have like over 600 members right now. They're all talking. They're all researching. Indiana did some exceptional research, um, found the root of uh, their election fraud causes. I, I, I mean, I, I am so proud of everyone. Um, just this is exactly where we need to be. I, I, it's, it's just warming my heart. Now, um, tomorrow, we're going to have some interesting news to talk about. In the, in the meantime, um, what we need to do is bind together, share information together, talk have conversations and ensure that um, our nation stays in our hands and no one else's. So um, I want everyone to know that I already know how this ends. I know the ending. The thing is, there's got to be things that are done in between to ensure that ending. Because if you don't work for it, it's just going to be pointless. I mean, we're still going to win, but it's going to be pointless because guess what? We're going to be in the same place in no time flat. I mean, look, from the 40s, now, not even in less than 100 years, you know, we still didn't learn. At that point, people kind of woke up and then they were mesmerized with what? Rock and roll, divorces, sexual hypersexualization, right? Look at it. After World War II, you got thrown all this nice stuff, and then you got the hippies, hear some weed, go out and do your music, rock and roll, distraction, the 70s. They brought in the amphetamines. They brought in the whole other movements, the destruction of families. It's all been a plan. And we've been playing right into it. While we've been sleeping, they've been busy destroying everything the United States of America stood for everything. And there are so many people right now working so hard to stop that. There are so many, so many people, so many, like I, I can't even express to you how many. So on that note, I'm going to see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. I'll work on my, um, my, uh, connections because I can't even tell you what hoops I'm going through. I mean, Many of you haven't found what you're looking for, but to be honest, I think you have. God bless everyone. And for those of you on Twitch, we're going to start a raid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.